0: You're listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives,
1: inspiring people to arise together. For more information,
0: go to liveresurgence.com.
1: I need a volunteer tonight. I need a volunteer. Uh, who's Who would like to read? I need some scripture to be read. Is anybody like reading? And you have an amazing accent. I'm just joking. That is a requirement. Sure. You're going to read some scripture. I have it right here. On my... Does this mic work? Perfect. Okay, so we're going to read if you have your Bibles. Turn to Acts 16. And we're going to read it's also on the screen if you don't have your bibles but starting right there awesome thank you you're
0: welcome hi my name is amy my roommate volunteered me i didn't know why i put up my hands okay Acts 16 16 to 40. once when we were going to the place of prayer we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to her, Spirit, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, uh-oh. That's not part of the scripture. (laughs) There was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, he shouldn't have been sleeping, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, "'and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. "'He then brought them out and asked, "'Sirs, what must I do to be saved?' "'They replied, "'Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, "'you and your whole household.' "'Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him "'and to all the others in his house. "'At that hour of the night, "'the jailer took them and washed their wounds.' Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order release those men. The jailer told Paul, The magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, They beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens, and threw us into prison. And now, do they want to get rid of us quietly? No! Let them come themselves and escort us out. Cheeky. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and sisters, and encouraged them. Then they left."
1: Right on. Give it up for Amy. That was a lot lot of verses. Thank you. you know, I, I want to get up and be the preacher that uh, preaches like the, the passage of scripture that nobody has heard of before, <laughs> you know, uh, the one that's like, oh, I've never heard of that before, that's a brand new story, where's that, you know, in the Bible, I, I missed that one, and um, well, I already failed in that, because um, most of you in this room have probably heard this story before, we, we've heard it, Paul and Silas, they're in jail, the chains, we've heard that. Um, But God somehow, for some reason, keeps drawing me to these common stories. He keeps drawing me. I fight for a couple weeks on messages, and I'm like, I want obscure stories. I want stories. I mean, I, I go for the hard, like, stories. I even met with Yari this week. I'm like, Yari, you know stories. And he's like, what about Paul and Silas? I'm like, no, everyone knows that one. You know, we wanna find things we wanna find things in hard places, but sometimes it's right in front of us. And sometimes they're right there and God wants to teach us things right in front of us, the answers right in front of us. And I wanna share some thoughts tonight on the on the word breakthrough. Uh, We've talked about breakthrough, this has been a word um, over the year, many people have said this, I've shared, I actually was like, no, I'm going to talk about other things, but I just kept coming back in prayer. I want to just talk about some things related to breakthrough tonight. And um, someone asked me recently, what does breakthrough mean? I have no idea what you're talking about. And according to Wikipedia, breakthrough is the act or instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle, a wall, or a threshold. And in this story, um, Paul, Paul and Silas, they've just launched a church. There was this lady named Lydia. Lydia was a dealer of purple. Uh, you know, Karis knew her. And um, I mean lavender. Um, and Lydia gets saved. And so she gets saved. And Paul and Silas and the crew, they're walking around. And there's this annoying lady. <laughs> there's this annoying lady that keeps following them around. And she's annoying. And she's got, like my friend calls it, critters in her closet. Like, she's got some demons going on. And everywhere they show up, I remember I was in the Czech Republic about 12 years ago, this guy in a green coat would follow us everywhere we go. We would go to some random place, he would show up. How do you know we're here? Like, you just kept following us, and he had demons, and he would come, and it's just like this, and and so this lady keeps following and saying stuff, and finally, I think they just get, like, super annoyed, and they just turn over in, like, probably this kind of anger, but, like, good anger is, like, just come out in Jesus' name. Like, stop annoying me, and all of a sudden, she gets, like, completely set free, and she's a slave, and she's set free, and it's, like, an amazing thing. Um, Paul and Silas like this is amazing, great, it's good. You won't bug us anymore, you know. Um, you're you're saved. And then all of a sudden, the owners of her they get ticked off. They're like, "That was our mu- that was our business plan, bro. Like you just took our business idea. Like that's not good." So they they get upset. So they take Paul Silas. They throw them in the middle. They get people all upset. And it says that they um, they actually beat them stripped their clothes, and then it says they flogged them, severely flogged them. I I don't know what that totally looks like, but I don't think I want to find out. I mean, that doesn't sound fun. I'm sure there were some wounds, some bruises, some black eyes, all of that. And then if that's not the worst-case scenario, they get thrown in jail, not just normal jail, maximum penitentiary. They go to the inner courts of the jail. They're thrown in there with stocks on their feet. They're in this prison. And why? Because they just saw a lady get free. Like, it doesn't make sense. They they just saw freedom come to a lady, and now they're in jail, okay? And they're in this new place, pioneering a new work, establishing a new uh, outreach, a new church, and... They set a slave free and and they hit opposition. They got pushback. There there was stuff coming against them. And it's been said that breakthrough is the closest when discouragement is the greatest. Um, In the 1930s, there was a thought that no plane could ever go faster than 767 miles per hour. 767 miles per hour at about 20 degrees Celsius is the speed of sound. And the speed of sound barrier was a barrier that they said cannot be broken by man or by plane. It was just one of those things. There was guns that could maybe break it, but they just never thought it was possible. They would get a plane up to that, to, to that speed, and what would happen is the drag, the actual aerodynamic drag, the resistance against the plane would increase exponentially as soon as you hit that speed barrier. And what would happen is planes would just, they would rip apart. The propeller would go flying off. The, the plane, you know, and there was countless tries. And then in 1947, a guy named Chuck Yeager flew a, the Bell X-1 and he actually broke the sound barrier. And it was that supersonic boom and he goes into Mach 1. And it was, that's what happened. And so now I, they've actually got to Mach 7 or Mach 8 since that time. And um, here's the thing. Here's God is moving in Acts, and it's kind of like that barrier where they start to push through stuff, they start to increase speed, and they hit even more resistance, and they have to break through this, and, and, and they, you know, it's a public setback. Everybody knows, like, it's not, it's not a, a big community where you don't know what happened. Everyone knows, okay, they're preaching, they just got flogged, they're in jail. I mean, the church, everybody knows and they're put in the inner cell. Um, when I think of our beginning in, in 2017, if you were at the resurgence in January of 2017, I preached a message on breakthrough. I preached a message on trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And on um, how God wanted to give us breakthrough in this year. And... I shared that, and, and ever since, if you were to follow our podcast, all our podcasts are online, uh, you can go to iTunes, check that out, and track with us through the year. But if you were to track with us, all the way up to even our advance two weeks ago, that the, the messages and the themes that we've been focusing on that God's been saying to everyone that's shared and everyone in our community has been surrender, lay it down, seek first the kingdom of God, identity, heart stuff, repentance, forgiveness. It's all heart related. See breakthrough has to happen on the inside in our heart and our mind before it can actually happen on the outside. It has to happen on the in-house before the outhouse. house It's, it's got to happen um, on the inside of us before it can happen outside. And, and before our dreams can see breakthrough, before our bodies can be healed, before all those relationships, families, careers, circumstances can change on the outside, there has to be a change on the inside. See, God is more concerned about the breakthrough on the inside than He is about the outside. He wants to heal every fracture of our foundation. So, what he can do on the outside, he can build upon that. Um, so, he can sustain it. So, it can last longer than just one time. We're looking for shingles, the windows, the siding, and God's looking at the plumbing, the wiring, the foundation. He's looking at the inside. See, breakthrough starts in a secret place before it becomes the public place. That's where breakthrough starts. Um, God will never put a 10-ton truck over a one-ton bridge. He wants to strengthen the bridge so it can be 10 tons. So what does he do? He builds the integrity of the bridge. He builds the integrity of the bridge to support the 10-ton vision that he has for you, the 10-ton dream, the 10-ton relationship. Yeah, that that doesn't sound right, but you know what what I'm saying. Um, The 10-ton destiny, you know, all those things. The 10-ton level of influence. He wants to build that in our hearts. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. That's what the word says. What, to prosper on the outside, to be healthy on the outside, to be in health as it talks about, we actually have to have prosper deep in our soul. We, ha- we, have to, we have to have breakthrough deep inside. And I believe God wants to show us tonight. And some, you're in this room, and, and you've said, oh, I don't know, 2017, I'm not sure what God has done. He actually, I feel like the Lord, as I was praying for tonight, wants to lift the hood and see, I've been doing stuff, and you haven't seen it on the outside, but it's deep in the inside I've been working. There is breakthrough, because that breakthrough there will sustain breakthrough beyond what you've been dreaming for. See, there's something, the roots go deep. It, it, this is about the stuff in the heart. And when the heart prospers, then, then healing happens. Then all the other stuff that we're believing for happens. See, they're in this inner cell. They're, they're in this prison. And yet, no circumstance can touch them. Because what's rising on the inside of them. Because who they are. Because of their identity. Because of, of what they, so they're in this cell and they're confined as humanly as possible. There's nothing that they can humanly do. They can't, they can't even move their feet. And they're confined there. And yet it doesn't matter. Because there's victory in their veins. <laughs> because the very resurrected power of Jesus lives inside of them. Because with with God all things are possible. See, it doesn't matter that their feet can't move, but God can move. And here's the thing, and so they're there, and in the words of Tertullian to the martyrs of his time, he says, the leg feels not the stalks when the mind is in heaven. Though the body is held fast, all things lie open in the spirit. See, God is teaching and has been teaching us and wants to teach us more what true breakthrough in the mind and the heart look like so that we can actually see it manifest in the everyday reality. So at about midnight, Amy read for us, They started singing. They started worshiping. They started praying in that cell. Everybody could hear them. Worship, what is that? That's the expression of goodness, of His goodness. Um, Worship is not a response to what God is currently doing right now or how I feel, but what He's already done. He's, He's a good, good Father. He's a good, good father right now, regardless of what we're going through, regardless of how we feel. He he is, how great is our God, period. And, And maybe you haven't felt him, maybe you haven't heard his voice, maybe you haven't felt a tingle when you worship. It doesn't really matter because it still doesn't change the fact that he is worthy to be praised. That, 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 that it doesn't matter. So they're in this jail. Their feet are confined. It doesn't really matter. He's worthy to be praised. See, there's something in worship. See, see the Word says it, so, so we believe it. And we need to take that into worship. We need to start to declare the promises in this book and start to, start to worship Him for who He is. Not how we feel today. Not how we, 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 we want a certain... You know, I think so many times we come into worship... And I'm I'm guilty of this, and it's like oh let's, I don't know that song I don't I don't really know that song oh it sound that mic keeps making weird sounds, um what whatever oh this this room you know it's I'm a little cold right now you know w- whatever the excuses w- we all make them oh oh yeah you know the guitar doesn't sound that right he you know I could EQ it I mean I'm a sound guy so I'm like always thinking of sound stuff and it's like. How do we turn that off and just say, I'm coming into the room to meet with him. And it doesn't matter how I feel or how crappy my day is. It doesn't matter because he is good, period. See, I worship him because who he is. I don't wait for the breakthrough. I sing based on the promises that are within this word. I sing based on that. And I believe that God wants to raise up a people that, that worship him like never before. Um, David, David was one of those. David, David, worship to the Lord. I mean, even more indignified than this. I mean, he, he worshiped, um, he danced before the Lord. See, worship's not something that can be contained. It's honest. It's an honest response. See, we see him for who he is, and we offer that in joy before the circumstances change. We, we offer that worship to him. See, if you live that way, the circumstances change. If you live that way, see, if if the people who love God in this city started to worship him in a whole different way, we could change a city. An earthquake would happen in this city and lives would be changed. To worship like never before, what does that look like every day? How do we worship him in in our lifestyle? Not just in the song service, but in like the actual, our working. When you work, it's worship to the Lord. Everything you do, commit it to the Lord. Worship the Lord in your in your standing in the line at Starbucks, whatever it is. We, we can give it to the Lord and we can worship Him in it. See that there has to be a thing. Psalm twenty-two said, "He is enthroned on the praises of His people." Here's the thing, God. God is on the throne. He, he's put. Him, he's on the throne. That's not going to change yet. But what happens is when we worship Him, we actually bring that place that throne, we bring it into reality in our environment. So I actually build an altar and I say, God, you're worthy and you have the seat, you are on that throne. I put you in your right spot in my life right now. And I believe God wants us to start to do that. And what would it look like in our churches, and our city, if we all did that? If we put him on the throne, if we put him in that right spot and we put him in our lives in the right spot, if we build an altar. Because whatever we spend our time in, whatever, we worship something. If we don't worship him, we worship, we worship time, or we worship our, our iPhone, or, or sorry, it shouldn't go there, I guess. But y- you know what I'm saying? Like, we, 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 need, to, we need to go, God, I, I don't care what it looks like, but I, I'm coming to meet with you. Prayer, another thing, you know, prayer is meeting with God. Prayer isn't coming and, and venting on the couch with the psychologist and sharing all our, our frustrations. And that can happen too. God, God's gracious. But prayer is also saying, I'm coming for an encounter with you, God. I'm coming and I'm going to leave changed. I'm coming because you're greater, you're bigger, you're the one that can speak my life into existence. And so I come with an attitude that I'm going to receive that my life will be changed when I meet with you. See, there's something that has to shift in our, in our hunger, that when we come into worship, when we come into prayer, we're not just coming in to just do our time and punch the, punch the clock and say like, okay, I vented, I spoke. Well, what's God saying? Because He wants to speak. I, 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 we need to come into every service with an expectation for an encounter. For an expectation that God can change everything. For an expectation that He wants to move in our lives. That faith would go deep. The words would go deep. See, every resurgence, every service, tomorrow, Sunday morning, would you go to your service, whatever church is represented, go expecting to meet with Him. Because He's going to meet with you. If you go with an expectation, God, oh, I'm going to go, well, it's not the right preacher, Travis. He's, he's not that fiery tomorrow. It doesn't really matter. God's going to move. It's about God. It doesn't matter who's on worship. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter how tired you are. God wants to meet with us. See, it's, it's not about the, um, it isn't about the external stuff. It's about the heart. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, our trust in God looks like something. Your worship will be different. Your lifestyle will be different. We'll be different. Our prayers will be different when we actually trust in Him. Because we'll build that throne. We'll build that. He enthroned on the praises of His people. When breakthrough happens on the inner house, it'll flow into the outhouse. It'll flow. It'll flow. Okay, don't think of that. Wrong mental image. If, if I let my change, okay, come back on track, I'm sorry, I, you're thinking of things that aren't good. Um, if I let the problem, if I let the circumstance, if I let the change decide who he is in my life, I'll never let him decide what the circumstances are in my life. Right? If I go, oh, I'm in prison, and and, I'm all this stuff, and and, and so that's going to determine my theology. I guess I'm meant to be in prison my whole life. No, I go to God, and I say, God, I I thank you, because I know what your word says. I know that with God, all things are possible. And so right now, my circumstances, I have feet in stocks. This wasn't my plan for today. We did, we set this woman free, and now I'm sitting here in jail, and it's about midnight. Like, it's about time, God. And yet, yet, what they do is they just start to worship Him. They start to praise Him. It doesn't really matter. See, you don't understand um, what I'm going through. Sometimes we use that and we push God away with that. We say, well, you people don't understand what we're going through. I I think our our response should be, I I need to understand the Word, and I need to proclaim the Word. And when I proclaim the Word over my circumstance, when I proclaim the Word over the chains I'm in, that the Word will will move because God's already already done it. (laughs) He's already already done it in here. He's paid it. He's, he, he's died on the cross for it. There's victory already. There's victory in our veins. So we can just walk in it because I know what the word says. See, there's got to be a shift. See, the result will be a shaking. Breakthrough happens in, in the ways we long for. When we start to have it on the inside, it breaks out into the jail. When we worship, healing is released Uh, Malachi 4.2 But for you who revere my name the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays and you will go out and frolic everybody say frolic like well fed calves frolic think of that, you're frolicking like well fed calves why? because you revere his name healing comes healing comes Isaiah 54 also says this Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than those of her who has a husband. See, when you sing, when you sing, when you worship, when we worship the Lord, we're moved into fruit-bearing cycles. Bill Johnson says this, we're moved into fruit-bearing cycles. I love that. I, I love that. That that you know it's the atmosphere of worship. I know, I know many people. If you read some of the great revivalists, the, the real healings that would happen in many of the moves of God that we read in history happened during the worship environment. Because the glory of God, people would start to worship and people would just be healed. It wouldn't be a hand getting place. They would just God would just move. That's what we need. We we need to worship. See, um, God, no one was ever prayed for. It's just God's glory was in the room. And here's what happened is, um, so the earthquake happens. They're sitting in jail. They could have just ran out. They could have just ran out in fear. Um, But God never works in fear. And so Paul and them just stayed there. They stayed there, and the jailer wakes up. He was sleeping. I don't know why he was sleeping. Um, But he wakes up, and he's going to kill himself. Some, some uh, theologians, uh, they try to figure out, was he in an upper room? Yeah. Some feel that Paul actually knew in the spirit what was happening and yelled out to him because he wouldn't have been able to see him. And he yelled out to him and he said, don't kill yourself. Don't do it. We're all here. And the guy was like blown away. They're all there. So he comes down, kneels at his feet. He's like, what must I do to be saved? I don't know about you, but that's, that's a pretty good evangelistic technique there. You know, like, there was no three-point message. There was no, it would save a lot of time, you know? Just come and, yeah, what must you to be saved? Oh, this is easy. Like, it just, boom, th- amazing. And then if that's not even great, he goes, okay, come, come, come to my house. I'll clean up your wounds. Come, and we'll have a meal. And, oh, we'll pull out the kiddie pool over here, and you're going to baptize my whole family because my whole family just got saved oh, okay, I guess that's what we're doing now, baptism, in in the middle of the night. So they have baptism service. Everybody gets saved, the whole family's saved, and it says he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. See, joy, there's something powerful about joy. Galatians 5.22 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. See, the first fruit is love. The second is joy. (laughs) Sometimes I don't know if I've ever thought of it that way. I I don't see joy as the next one. I see like hope, I see like peace. I I always kind of seem to miss joy sometimes. See, breakthrough brings greater joy. Joy is not something we have to conjure up oh, I got to laugh today. I got to try to be happy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's his joy. The joy of the Lord. Is it not your own joy? You don't got to make joy, produce joy. It's his joy. He gives us joy. And um, David cried out to God and he says, Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of salvation, of your salvation. See, there's a joy that comes from salvation. When we're saved, there's a joy. There's a, there's a natural joy that comes from being saved, from, from him coming into our life. See, we, we are made happy um, by having stuff, by getting gifts, by, by things, you know, we feeling like we belong in a group. That, that can bring us happiness. And God is happy, though, with himself. And Aquinas said this. He said, God is happiness by his essence. For he's happy not by acquisition or participation of something else, but by his essence. On the other hand, men are happy by their participation. See, when we are saved, there's a joy. It's the joy of the Lord. And the Spirit is producing joy inside of me. That's where the joy comes from. The Holy Spirit, when we ask Jesus into our heart, it says that the Spirit comes. And the Spirit comes with gifts. Many gifts. Good gifts. And one of them, that's the joy. And it's a sign of the Spirit, is joy in His presence. And God wants to increase our level of joy. First Peter 1.8 says, Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with a joy unspeakable and full of glory. See, there's something about joy unspeakable and full of glory. See, Jesus went to the cross for the joy set before Him. Uh, James said, I count it all um, a joy to go through stuff, to go through trials, to go through being in prison, all those things. I I count it joy. See, joy comes because it isn't about us, it's about him. See, See, joy comes to joy of my salvation. My salvation is not about me. It's about him saving me. It's about him freeing me from me. It's about him coming and taking me out of the way and coming and giving me life and hope that I would not have on my own, giving me joy that I do not deserve. See, the reason that we lack joy, I think is because we look at our chains, whatever breakthrough that we want. We look at our imprisonment. We look at the things that we're, we're trying to break through that door, past that sp- sound barrier, the, the thing that we're trying to push on, and and. It's about us a lot of times. It's about the dream for us. And and, and joy comes when we realize that it's bigger than us. Then it's his thing. It's his goal. What's what's the breakthrough for us that he has for us? It's bigger than us. Um, When we were living out that adventure, I told you with Kevin and I in in, in Burundi, um, I could tell you that um, when we got back that night, we had joy. We had joy for what God did. We had joy because we weren't in jail. We had joy. And it made me think of Luke chapter 10. Jesus sent two by two out. He's like, go out, go out, go out. They came back and it says that they were filled with joy. Why? Because they were engaging in the mission of God. We're meant to actually carry out the adventure God has for us. And when we do that, it actually fulfills us with joy. Because our life is not about us. It's about His adventure, His call, His purpose. And so, so here's what happened. And, and um, mission is key. And, and, and as Resurgence and I shared, but in 2018, we're going to start to engage in mission like we've not engaged before. Because we have to, we have to experience His joy. We have to look at things other than our own things. We have to focus on what He wants to do. And I can assure you that every one of us, if we engage in that, if we live our lives every day, if we go into even this Christmas season in this next month, would you start to go, God, I know that Christmas is about joy to the world, that your your Savior came, but how can I release joy? How can I go on your adventure during the Christmas season? So I want to encourage you. Maybe you're at the line at Starbucks. Maybe you can put joy by paying for the drink behind you maybe you can what does it look like ask holy spirit to show you and guide you maybe you need to go buy a gift for someone who's not expecting a gift from you so that you can bring joy like what what's god calling us to go on this adventure with you know peter paul and silas are just they're there and all of a sudden this lady and then they, they cast her out and all of a sudden they're on this incredible adventure i mean i'm sure at one point they wouldn't use the word incredible but we we say that now um And so here's the thing, after not sleeping all night, and I don't think Paul and Silas could have slept after what happened anyway, even if they had a bed to go in. After not sleeping all night, the police show up, and they're like, oh, okay, you know, the judges, our bosses say you should just go in peace, it's all good. And I'm thinking about Silas, I bet he's like, oh, sweet, great, thank you, thank you very much. And Paul's like, wait just a minute. You're not getting off that easy. And Paul stops him, and he's like, hold up. I got a black eye. I have welts. You flogged me severely. And you're just going to, like, brush this so and move on with life? I don't think so. Tell your bosses to come on down here. And they're like, oh, okay. So they go, they get the judges, the magistrates. They call them out. They go, okay, come on down. So they, you know, they come on down. They they, they pull up. They probably apologize. Hey, we're really sorry that we beat you and all this stuff. Um, here's the limo. Here's the VIP treatment. They come in, escort them. You know, it's all good. Let's make it all happen. And then they say, um, yeah. So everything's good now. But can you guys just leave our city now? And Paul's like. Uh, I don't think so. I'll leave when I feel like it, thank you very much. And the word says that they, were, they went to the church of Philippi. They went to Lydia's house and they encouraged them. They hung out with Lydia and then when they were ready to go, they left. They, they wanted to tell the story of breakthrough. They wanted to share. See, what happened there? The inner breakthrough of worship and heart posture brought an outer breakthrough. It brought, the, the jail shook, all this happened, but what happened was Paul and Silas got an authority. They got an authority over the jail. See, what happened was all of a sudden the jailer was now working for Paul. Paul like, he's going to kill himself, and Paul's like, no, don't kill yourself, come here. He comes at his feet, then takes him to his house. Basically, now Paul's basically in charge of the jail. It's his boss now, you know, it's like the jailer works for him. Why? Because an authority happened. There was a shift of authority. Paul got ownership in it. And not just ownership of the jail, he actually now had authority over the, the magistrates came, the judges came, the bosses came, and they're like, oh, okay, well, we just want you, you know, we'll say sorry, we'll do all this, and, and now we just want you to, to leave. And he's like, no, I'll leave when I want, thanks. And, and he, there was an authority that happened. A shift that happened. Um, The result of this, if we look in in Scripture beyond, is the Philippi church got established. But not just the Philippi church, is that actually this set a precedent, because everyone heard of this, and so all missionaries now, all people that were going and spreading the gospel, they actually got encouraged by this. See, if Paul would have just left quietly, they'd just brushed it under the carpet, then it wouldn't have been a big thing. But because he made it a big thing, he actually got more authority. It, it, it made what they were doing be established in a greater way. When Paul went to prison later, what church supported him? The church in Philippi, because they understood it, and they knew what he would go through, and they were supporting him from a distance. See, what, what, what God was doing in the circumstance was greater than Paul could have realized. He was establishing things. He was establishing a tr- church. Um, when planes reach that high drag in the speed of sound, and they don't and they pass that and they push through, the, the drag actually decreases. And the higher the mock, mock supersonic speed you go, you can also go now, now they have hypersonic speed. And you can go, they, I think they've tested someone to Mach 7 or 8, they're, they're working on hypersonic. But when you get there, the drag continues to go down, 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 down. See, when you push past that barrier, then there's, the drag goes right down, the resistance goes right down. See, what happened is they pushed through something. They got an authority, they got a breakthrough into a whole new realm. They got a breakthrough to a whole new realm for the church. It wasn't just about Paul and Silas being in jail. It was about moving the early church into a whole new realm. See, our breakthrough is not about us, but it's about pushing the whole church into a whole new realm. God wants to push the church in Edmonton to a whole new realm. He wants to push us past the little things that we see. It's it's, it's bigger than that. See, breakthroughs are are, are about more than me and you. And what God does on the inside through our heart things, He actually wants to manifest into the, to the reality till we see it. King David marched towards Jerusalem for his first battle. And the Jebusites, they said this. They said, even the blind people, even the lame people will defeat you. You're going you're gonna to lose King David. That was his first battle. That's what they said. And he marched in there and David took the city. And it says he got victory and it became the city of David. He owned the city. And when he owned that city, he now had authority over the city. He had authority to now, from that place, to go out. And he goes against the Philistines, and it says, he said this, As waters break out, the Lord has broken through against my enemies before me. See, there was an authority that he gained because now he owned the city. And from that city, he could, he could start establishing more authority. And I shared this at the advance, but many of you weren't at the advance. I want to share it. In Judges chapter 3, there are nations, the word says, there are nations the Lord left to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any wars in Canaan. He did this not only to teach warfare to the descendants of Israelites who had not previous battle experience. Verse 3, the five rulers of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, all the Sidonians, All the Hivites, living in the the Lebanon mountains, from Mount Baal, Hermon to Lebo Hamath, they were left to test the Israelites, so whether they would obey the Lord's command, which he had given their ancestors through Moses. See, here's the thing. God left tribes to test them in warfare. God left tribes. Why? Um, Because they were from descendants without battle experience. They didn't know what battle looked like. They didn't know how to battle. See, God will do whatever he needs to do to teach us how to fight, to teach us how to battle, to teach us how to to grow in him. See, we want God to fight the battle. We're like, God, fight the battle and remove all the obstacles. I'll just close my eyes and hope it all happens. And yet God's not so concerned. He's more concerned about our personal breakthroughs. he's He's not so concerned about our personal breakthroughs. He's concerned about the generations that come after us. See, God's caring about legacy. The God, I've said this before, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He, he, it's about not three men. It's about generations. God cares about the generations that are coming after us. And so he's establishing something. And, and I love, Erwin McManus says it so well. He says, the reward of a great battle is a bigger battle. The reward is now, you now know how you're strong in him. Your faith is bigger, your resolve is bigger, and you know that your God is bigger. See, when we go through one battle, it's to prepare us for the next battle. See, God wants to increase that faith muscle, that belief muscle, the battle muscle. So if you need breakthrough in areas, it's not just for those things. You're going to see breakthrough, but then there's going to be another thing that's going to come, and you're going to need bigger breakthrough. And He's going to see you through it. See, God's teaching us to trust. He's teaching us how to fight. He's teaching us how to win. And when attack comes, we're, gonna, we're, go, we're going in the right way. We're going to go for it. See, it actually means when attack comes, we're going in the right way. We're going in the right direction. Um, that resistance is the right way to go. See, it's not failure that I find that makes us weak, but it's success. And if you look at the Israelites, they had success, and as soon as they had incredible success in their history before this moment, they would go and they build an idol. They would go and they would go and compromise, compromise what happened because they didn't know how to fight. They, they didn't have another battle to go to, and so they would just party, and their party would just go downhill. It just, it, it, they would lose the sight of God in it all. See, God's building a resolve. God's building a strength. See, once you own something, there's an authority you have. And as I prayed for today, I, um, I have this picture of keys being cut. And when a key's being cut, it's a key that unlocks doors of destiny. It's keys that unlock things. It's keys that unlock things. And, and um, I want to ask, uh, I don't know what you want to do, Karis, or, um, yeah, whatever, Karis, wherever you are, if you want to come and play, or if you want, um, can you come play? Yeah, We got it. It's good. Both of you come. Just come the team. Baby duty. All good. Um, Here's the thing. The truth isn't found in what we're going to go through, but what he went through already. God's already gone through everything. He's won. And when we're seated with him, we can face anything. Because he's done it. There's victory in him. There's victory in our veins. And see, you may be in this place contending for healing. You may be contending for a healing in your own body, in your own family. But when your healing comes, you're going to have an authority over that sickness. You're going to have authority over that for not just you, but for others. God's going to release you and because there's a key being forged on the inside of you. In this, in this struggle that you're in, there's a key being forged inside of you, and you're going to bring healing to others. When you're contending for a dream, it's not just about your dream, it's not just about my dream, but when we get those dreams, we're going to be able to unlock others' dreams. Because when the dream of God involves you, and when you see fulfillment of your dream, you're going to unlock the thing that others need. When it's about, you know, contending for a loved one. When breakthrough comes, greater salvation is going to come through them telling their story it's it's going to continue see for contending for relationships maybe you're contending for a relationship but when breakthrough comes the testimony is going to be told by your grandchildren of the goodness of the lord Because it's not just about you, but it's a testimony that's going to go. Because you didn't settle. You didn't give up. You believed that God would move, and He moved. And now there's testimonies in your... There's children that have come because of it. See, maybe you're contending for a breakthrough in children, to have children. Sing, O barren woman. Shout for joy. Because you're going to pray for others someday and they're going to see barrenness break just as it's being broken for you. We need to make our positions known. And I felt like the Lord says, you need to make your position known. If you're believing for a breakthrough in something, tell everybody the breakthrough you're believing for. Don't hide it, because when you tell it, it makes the story of the testimony that God's going to do even greater. Because they're going to go, oh, I remember when you told me that. You told me that you were contending, and it seemed impossible, and there was no way that could have ever happened. And now look, I see you, and like you're living your dream right now. Because the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. See, the greater position you reveal, it'll actually be a, a greater prophetic word for the person that watches it. And people need to watch what God's going to do. Because breakthrough is going to happen. Joy is going to come. Mourning endures for a season, but joy comes in the morning. Sadness is there, but joy comes. See, whether you realized it or not, if you've been a part of this community, if you've been gathering in Resurgence Monthly, if you've come to anything, what God's been doing in this season where we've been talking about trust and, and surrender and heart stuff, is He's actually raising up ministers. You're a minister. We're all called to ministry. We're all called to release the kingdom of God wherever we go. And so if you're in a season, you go, well, I don't feel anything like a minister. I'm just trying to get breakthrough in this one area. I'm just believing for this one thing, Travis. I want to tell you, God's raising up a minister in you. He's been doing it. Because when you see the victory in this, you're going to minister to a whole bunch of people that need it. Everywhere out that door, there are people that need healing. There are people that need freedom. There are people that need the breakthrough on the other side of what you're contending for. So you're not just contending. We're not just contending for ourselves. We're contending for a nation. See, Canada, Canada leaves of healing to the nations. See, when we see breakthrough and healing in Canada, it's going to be so that we take the key, we take what God's done to the nations of the earth. That's our destiny. Resurgence, God's been teaching us to battle. Some of you are contending for a breakthrough, and I believe God wants to breakthrough in your circumstance tonight. But greater than that physical, that from inner to outer, God's been developing stuff on the inside of us. And I just want us to close our eyes, and I feel like Holy Spirit wants to start to reveal some of the stuff He's already been doing, and you haven't realized it. Surely I was in this place and I didn't even know it. And some sometimes we go through and we're like, "God, where are you?" And the whole time He's been there, developing stuff under the hood, creating stuff working in us anew. Yeah. Jesus. Don't give up the work because through the inner breakthrough, the outer comes. But something even greater than us is formed, our legacy. So with your eyes closed, and I just... gonna exactly end this tonight. I, I don't totally have a plan, but I just know that the Holy Spirit's in the room right now. Just just start to ask him God what what are the things you've been doing in my heart in this season? What are the what are the things and just just start to think of those things. I thank you. I thank you for each person in this place. I thank your spirit is in this place, from the left to the right, from the front to the back. I thank you that your anointing is in this place, that the glory of God is in this place. And I pray right now for every person that, God, you would, you would speak so clearly that we would know exactly the hard stuff you've been doing in this season. God, that you would cement that. You would make our foundation in you so strong. That trusting, that seeking of the Lord first. That, that repentance, that God, we'd continually come to you. Our hearts would be so soft. We would carry a short account. We'd be forgiving others constantly. We'd be watching our words. We would, God, there would be a heart connection with you like we've not had. God, I thank you for what you've done and what you're doing in this place. Because you've drawn us closer to you closer to our identity in you and we thank you for that we thank you for the love of God that's in this place right now God you loved us first yeah yeah I just as, as we're Karis is playing and team's playing I you if you um if you need breakthrough if you need breakthrough, you, you need the door to be opened. You're believing for the door to be opened. Whatever that looks like, I don't, I don't know. It could be many things. I just, I want you to stand in this place, and we're gonna just going we're gonna pray corporately. That that whatever the things you're going through, that they would they would manifest tonight in the in the natural. And I want you, if you see somebody right now, we're the body. we we If you see someone, there's a lot of people that are standing. If you see someone, would you go and put a hand on them right now? Let's let's pray for... Let's make sure everyone has a hand on them. Look around if there's anyone that doesn't have a hand on them. If you don't have a hand on you, lift your hand right now and I'll send someone over. Everyone's got a hand on them. So God, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus... I thank you that you, God, you can move in a jail just about midnight. God, just about midnight when feet were in the stocks, when it seemed impossible, that with God all things are possible. So in the mighty name of Jesus, we just declare breakthrough over every single need that's in this place right now, over every single wall, every single obstacle, every single impossibility. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak healing in the name of Jesus. The Father, the the heat would come right now into body parts, the full rest restoration, the full day By your stripes, we are healed. So God, I thank you for healing right now. I thank you for deliverance right now from every pestilence of the enemy. I thank you right now for dreams to be realized. I thank you for breakthrough over jobs and finances. God, breakthrough over family members. Breakthrough over marriages. Breakthroughs over children's circumstances. God, you know what's going on. So we declare your breakthrough now. God, breakthrough over businesses, breakthrough over workplaces. God, everything that seems impossible. Salvation spring up from the ground. Prodigals come home in Jesus' name. We declare that. We declare breakthrough today. God, but I I thank you for breakthrough over every one of these people in their heart. God, it starts in our hearts and that inner bit. And so I thank you for a greater trust to be realized, a greater hope to be realized. And God, tonight, a joy. A joy to come on each person tonight in this place. A joy unspeakable. A joy unspeakable and full of glory. A joy unspeakable. God, the joy of our salvation, oh God. Let the joy come. Let there be a joy. Let there be a joy released in this place. Let there be a joy bubble up. Not from our own conniving but from your presence oh God where there's fullness of joy so we just speak right now over every circumstance if you, if you have a single word or a thought or something just, just pray faith, just faith things right now if you're with someone just pray praying release faith over them maybe you have nothing to pray just say I release faith over you believing for this you don't got to know what it is but God's in this place yeah Lord, more more Lord Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence For more information go to liveresurgence.com